able, come on and stand to your feet. We want to bless the Lord this morning. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Oh, my soul will bless the Lord and all that is within me will bless his holy name. Oh, my soul will bless the Lord and all that is within me. Oh, my soul will bless the Lord and all that is within me. Come on. My soul will bless the Lord and all that is within me. Oh, my soul will bless the Lord and all that is within me. All that is, all that is within me. And forgetting not what you've done. Every Thank you, Lord. 
because of who you are, I give you glory. Come on and think about the creator that makes a way for you each and every day. We just want to give him some praise this morning because of who you are.
everything type of praise. He's our all in all type of praise because of who you are. Bless your Lord. You may be seated, you may be seated. As, as we were uh, praising the Lord and, and the names of, of, of Jehovah, of God, uh, I know psalmists and people who write songs, they need to put words in certain order, and sometimes we miss some stuff. Uh, but um, uh, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Jehovah Nisi, our victory a flag banner we're going to talk about banners today <laughs> and also uh, jehovah shalom peace but also justice justice we're going to talk about justice in a moment but before our gospel reading and 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 one testimony i want to share with you i would like to mention that today we finish our 21 days of prayer we finish our 21 days of prayer. You can stop praying now. Just kidding. No. I hope, I hope you have a good experience. Uh, and I'm sure you will keep praying for this church, for your pastor, for the pastor, our family, our ministry together, the United Methodist Church as a whole. We haven't talked much about the United Methodist Church in the, as a denomination in the country. We will at some point. But I hope this uh, experience praying together at a specific time uh, gave us some um, hope and discernment and vision for the near for the near future. I'm, I'm sure you will keep praying for your church. Amen. And as I was talking about uh, Jehovah and Shalom, which is peace and justice, um, since we are talking about ministry and testimony, right? Remember, we talk about theology, about church, about ministry. We're talking today about testimony as well. I would like to share with you a message from a fellow retired missionary, Paul Jeffrey. Um, and he writes this very personal uh, testimony in memory and honoring the life of uh, Bishop uh, Melvin uh, Talbert. I don't know if anybody here uh, knew about him. Yes, uh, he was actually a, a superintendent in Long Beach District at some point. Um, and um, he was a bishop in the Northwest, also in the Cal Nevada. And um, Paul Jeffrey wrote this because they were very good friends. And uh, let me read this uh, for you today. Melvin Talbert has died. He was a United Methodist bishop who was born in Louisiana, in Clinton, Louisiana, actually, and once spent three days in a jail cell with Martin Luther King. He was, for many years, our bishop. Mel testified in Elita's uh, trial when she was charged with trying to stop a train carrying nuclear warheads. There you go. He made jokes about getting even with us for naming our beagle bishop. He, he commissioned us as missionaries and sent us off to Central America with his blessing. Whenever our paths crossed, he made sure we knew that despite the miles between us, he was still our bishop and proud of us. He eventually moved on from the Northwest 
his acts of radical inclusion, making him a target for the radically exclusive right. He was a pastor who troubling times turned into a prophet. We thank God for his life and witness. Well done, good and faithful servant. And to God be the glory. Amen and amen. At this time, we will have our Bible reading that today comes from the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 37 to 47 that will be on the screen, also on your screens. And we're talking about ministry and the testimony of the church to the community today. So please stand as you are able for the reading of the Word of God. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far away, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to him. And he testified with many arguments and exhorted them, saying, save yourself from this corrupt generation. So those who welcomed his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 persons were added. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and followings and to the breaking of bread and prayers. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having goodwill to all the people. And day by day, the Lord added their number, those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks. Let us pray. Dear Lord, you are our God and we are your people. May your Holy Spirit bring wisdom and discernment to our souls, love to our hearts, and the strength to put into action what we hear today. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Finding the rhythm. Finding the rhythm. Uh, Some of you already know a little bit about my preaching style, and and I just want to share with you you the fact that I share stories, and some are personal stories um, uh, that, that, that... makes the point or illustrates uh, something that I want to say. So, so it's preaching, teaching, so, so here we go. As we were getting ready to go to the mission field, Janet and I spent six months in training in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, during, that time, during that time, we had a, a baby over there, but uh, that's another story. But during that time, we went to a church that had a ministry in Spanish uh, in downtown Atlanta. And that church was on the famous P-51 
Peach Tree Street. Peach Tree Street. On that street, you will find several big churches in a few blocks. I mean, big churches. Uh, uh, now, these were, were not just any churches. Uh, these were like, like the Methodist or the Baptist or the such and such church on Peach Tree Street. You know, somehow belonging to a church that was on Peach Tree Street was, or maybe still is, a big deal, right? So a friend, a pastor friend, shared with us that once he was going to the Methodist Church on Peach Tree Street, and he saw a group of, of people going to this big Baptist church across the street. Uh, so our, our friend, uh, just to test if they knew anything about the United Methodist Church, ask a person in that group, hey, excuse me, I'm looking for the Methodist Church. And this person said, I don't know where that is. I'm going to the Baptist Church on Peachtree Street. Uh, nevertheless, this person trying to help our friend, he asked uh, other people in the group, uh, nobody knew where the Methodist Church was. It was in front of us. So anyway, somehow they didn't know that across the street there was a United Methodist Church. You know, sadly, uh, there was a time in this country when churches stopped caring for other churches. When kind of started a competition, which I think is a bad look for Christian unity. What do you think? But what I think is even worse is when people in the community, people, especially those that do not belong to any congregation or any denomination or any church, stop seeing the church as a Christian church, but just as just another building on the block. People in the community might know it is a church, but they don't know who they are or what they believe or what they do. It is my experience, a person might even go to a church to receive some help or to receive some food or, or for something, but they don't know who they are, what they believe, what they do, and that is not a good thing. So let's go uh, right into our Bible reading uh, for today, Acts chapter 2, verses 37 to 47. You might be familiar with these um, uh, verses, with this chapter specifically. Uh, open your Bibles uh, or Google it, whatever. <laughs> this is on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost, the community. That is, people in town, they might have not understood what was happening that day on Pentecost, but, but who would, right? <laughs> who would? But after Peter's sermon, it seems to me that the people in the community started wanting, needing, like craving what the apostles had. People in the community asked what should we do? What should we do now? 
After that sermon uh, from Peter on that day on Pentecost, people in the community knew about those followers of Jesus, right? That, that person that was crucified 50 days before. The people in the community knew that those followers of Jesus had something that they wanted to have. They had something that the people needed. Forgiveness and reconciliation with God. So they said, what should we do now? What should we do now? Uh, after that sermon on that day, they knew. People in the community knew that they wanted to be part of that group, of that group. As we are going through, <clears throat> excuse me, the motions of transition of Pacoima first, and as we are already five weeks on this change of pastoral leadership, five weeks already, right? Five weeks and like 10 or 15 degrees hotter, anyway. <laughs> And as we are ready five weeks into this change of pastoral leadership, our Sunday messages have been about theology, about church, about ministry. Today is about testimony to the community. We have started to get to know each other, right? And also, as I have had conversation with people at different levels in different church ministries and committees, we are trying, we are trying to get our dogs in a row. And we see, and we want to see where we want to go. A pastor friend said, sometimes it feels like instead of dogs, I'm trying to get some cats in a row. <laughs> Good luck with that. But the thing is, that when a church is trying to restart a ministry or do something new, or as they say, get back on track, I like to think, I like to think that despite the new plan or the new activity or, or new this or new that, what we are really trying to do is to be the church, to be, to imitate, to replicate the testimony of the church that we can see in Acts chapter 2 of the Bible. We want to replicate the testimony of the church to the community like we see in this passage of Acts chapter 2. Let me give you two brief examples. Verse 37, I already mentioned this. The community is asking questions to the church. What should we do? What should we do? Then in verse 47, the last verse of this passage, the church has a good relationship, a good testimony with the community around it. People cared about what the church said and did. I still remember those days when the community, when people cared about what the church said. Do you? So the community knew, I mean, it was evident for them that something good was happening among that group of people that follow Jesus. And they wanted it. They wanted it. 
That is why in this passage of Acts 2 and another similar passage in Acts 4 are kind of, of like blueprints, blueprints for the church. A guide of what the church needs to do or can do as we're trying to be in good connection with God and with good testimony to the community around us. So, so I say Acts chapter 2 is like the sign, you know, like those signs on the freeway, a sign that shows us where we can go that reminds us what we are all about. Now let me show you a sign or, or more like, like a banner. I hope you can read it there. Uh, a banner that I'm sure you will recognize. Do you recognize that one? Can't see very well. There you go. You know where that is? Right there. Yes, it's right there in the Narcus or the foyer. Yes. Now, this banner is not advertising. It's not advertising an event or a sale or whatever. But actually, this banner is a reminder. It's a reminder for us inside in the church, inside the church, about our mission, our vision, our values. This sign is about what we are and what we want to be. Amen. I guess at some point you have heard sermons about this. Amen. Yes. For sure, some of you work on, on putting this together. I don't know how I don't know how long ago, but. But, but this, this uh, two months ago, Janet and I visited the, this church, and, and, and I like what I saw on this banner. Uh, but most importantly, I, I got an idea. I got an idea of the heart of this church. And, and, and when I, I read it and I, I saw it, I said, well, yeah, it is possible. It is possible. No, I would guess that if we put this banner in a visible place outside, there will be people who will read it and get an idea of who we are. There will be people that won't care about what they read. But also, there will be more than one neighbor that might think, is this for real? I mean... Do they really want to love God completely? Love one another correctly? And what is the last part? Yeah, and love others as well. Yeah. Is this for real? Are they a people who are looking upward, inward, and outward? Is this for real? Back to Acts chapter 2. The first step of the church, Pentecost Day. Peter just finished his first mini-sermon after being invested by the Holy Spirit. And people start asking questions. Is this for real? Because if so, 
what should we do? What should we do? That is a great question to get from the neighbors after we share our faith. What should we do? What do I need to do? What is next? When we share our faith, when we start a program, when we try a new thing and people begin to ask, what should we do? That would be a sign that we are going in the right direction direction. Amen. The young church were doing some things that made people turn and look and ask questions about the church. So Acts 2 is, is like that banner that we look at and be reminded of. But do you know, do you know that, that banners, although, although they are a, a good way to advertise, banners after a certain amount of time, people stop noticing them. Actually, that can happen as soon as two weeks. After two weeks, the banner starts becoming part of the landscape, and people stop noticing them. That is why we need to move them back and forth and, or take them down or put it back in a few weeks later. <clears throat> I don't know if that's the reason. Sometimes people use prefer those big arrows like, like church, church, church today. <laughs> Any volunteer for that? Anyway. Point being, we don't want to become a banner on the wall after two weeks. We don't want to do that. We don't want to be another building on the block. We don't want that. We are called to be the light of the world. We are the light of the world. Can you say that? We are the light of the world. We have a message to tell to the nations. Amen? I think there's a hymn about that. Okay. Verse 37, Acts chapter 2. Now when they, the community, heard this Peter's sermon, they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. The gospel is like a double-edged sword. Amen. And the community said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? What should we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. May be forgiven because we cannot do that. God is the one that forgives, right? But also, yeah, you will receive the gifts, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There is a whole sermon in this verse. But yes, if we are part of the church, it's because we have been forgiven. Amen? We have been forgiven. If we are part of the church, it is because we have been uh, and trying to be obedient to God. Amen? Obedient to God. If we can be a follower of Christ, it is because we have the power. We have been invested with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
And I like how Peter said it. It is a gift. It is a gift. Grace from God to you and me. Forgiven, obedient, and invested with the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is another sermon. That is what it means to be a Christian. So those who welcomed his message were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 persons were added. 3,000 persons. Not bad for a short sermon. All right. Verse 42, they devoted, here's a twist in, in the story. He's going from Pentecost into the rest of the days, I don't know, a month or two, I don't know how long, but they devoted themselves. Another version says they continued persistently, persistently to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of the bread like us today. And the prayers. A little twist here. They devoted. They continued with persistency. They started to find the rhythm. They started to find the rhythm. Pentecost Day was like the big event. But the church needed to find the rhythm. To maintain the church moving forward in its mission. Right? And what was the mission? Oh, oh, yes. Matthew 28, 20. Go into the world and make disciples of all nations. The church needed to find the rhythm. But here's the thing. We can be talking about theology, which, which is a good thing. I, I like it a lot. We can talk about the church and its organization, uh, which is a good thing and necessary. We can talk about ministries and activities that we can do uh, in order to grow. That is always helpful and also necessary. But most of the time, people in the community won't necessarily look at our theological stances or, or the way we organize the church or if we have this activity or the other or if we have coffee after worship. Well, that's an idea. Right? But anyway, rather, people in the community will first see and will be attracted to the testimony of lives transformed with the message of the gospel. Amen. People in the community will see and will be attracted to the testimony of lives transformed by the power of the gospel. The community in our uh, Bible reading today was amazed and attracted to that church that was transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it seems to me that after that, the young church realized that they needed to find the rhythm. We are in the same place today here at Pacoima First. We need to find that rhythm. So let's see what happened in order uh, that they, what they did in order to find that rhythm. And we go from verse 47 until 40, 44 until 47, we see a description of that rhythm. A blueprint, uh, that rhythm of the life of a church that keeps 
It's Pentecost alive. Verse 44, all who believed were together and had all things in common. That is the communion of the saints. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had needs. They were joyful givers. There's much more to say about that one, maybe in another sermon. Or call me during the week, I can explain a little bit more. 46, day by day, right? Day by day, at 8 a.m., at noon, at 5 p.m. No, that's me. But day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, although uh, very soon they would be chased away from that temple, but they, will found, they, will, they, they found their way in house meetings to be together as the family of God in many places. But day by day, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. So they kept practicing a holy communion and had fellowship with food afterwards. That's another idea. 47, praising God. Worship, that's when we come in, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Worship and having the goodwill. Having the goodwill, friendship, kindness, connection, having the goodwill of all the people. They were not invisible. They were not another place in the community. They were the church of Christ. Amen. The Church of Christ. They found their rhythm in those early days, and yet we know very soon they would be persecuted arrested, beaten, and many of them killed because of their faith. But even later, even in the hiding sometimes because they needed to hide, they found the way to continue that rhythm in order to keep the mission that they had received from the Lord. We'll see the results here. Second part of, of verse 47. Day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Day by day. Can you believe that? Day by day, the Lord added to their number. We're just vessels. I mean, <laughs> praise be to God. We are vessels, instruments to share the message, to share the gospel, to be a testimony for the nations. And the Lord added, day by day, those who were being saved. Not just uh, to come to church and see what's going on or what activity is there or the one that just came for, for coffee after worship. But those who were being saved. Now, Marcos, can you put again um, the picture of, of the banner? There you go. Our mission, go and make disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, we just went through uh, the time, the first time when we have the testimony of the church how they made disciples of Christ. This is not a recipe. This is not a formula. But it involves devotion, decision, 
persistency, obedience, endurance, and it certainly requires prayers. Prayers and a good deal of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and the prayer. We, as Pacoima First United Methodist Church, made a commitment, uh, maybe a long time ago, but we made a commitment to support our congregation with our presence, our prayers, our gifts, service, and witness. Those vows that we made at some point in our journey and those vows that we reaffirm every time a new member becomes part of this congregation or every time there's a baptism, those vows that you can find on, on page 38 in the United Methodist Hymnals pretty much reflect what we want to do in relationship to Acts chapter 2. Yes, they are on page 38 in the United Methodist Hymnal, and they are fine, they are clear, they are beautiful, they are there. But the challenge today, sisters and brothers, but the challenge today, and during this new season, during this new beginning, is that we keep practicing them that we maintain our presence in worship, in person, or online. That we pray. Prayers, prayers, prayers. Faithful with our gifts and, and offerings. Committed to our service to the church inside and to the community around. And I know you are doing that in different ways. But especially and particularly faithful as we give testimony of our faith to the community. That is the way to find the new rhythm that will lead Pacoima first to respond to a new reality. As we find this new rhythm, doing the things that the church has been doing since its beginning, may we find that day by day, the Lord would add to our numbers those who are being saved. Amen. Amen. That's my prayer. That's my hope. That's my prayer. Amen. It's a new season. It's a new day. A fresh anointing is coming my way. It's a season of power. Prosperity. It's a new season coming to me. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new day. 
church of Acts chapter 2 can be hard. It's challenging. As a congregation, we can do many things and feel good about it, solving world hunger and advancing world peace are great causes and part of our calling. Yes. But doing the go and make disciples is kind of the first fruit of our faith. It is what Jesus asked us to do. So in preparation for that task, for that mission, we, we look at the scripture today and see how, how they did it. And, and we can see that it worked. It worked. And, and some people uh, might say, but pastor, I'm tired. I need a break. I will ask you, I, I would ask you to commit to prayer, to pray for, for your church, to pray for our work together, to pray for a renewal. If you're tired, but you can pray, I ask you to do so. And I'll, I'll, also, I ask you that as, as we come today, we can become a, a fellowship. We are a fellowship. We are the fellowship of the saints. And today we had the, the blessing, we have the honor, we have the privilege to be part of the table of Jesus as we celebrate Holy Communion. So if you are tired, um, I invite you to come to partake in the Lord's meal. I also uh, invite you to, you at home, and here in the church you have received a communion set. And I, I remind you that in the Methodist Church, we celebrate what is called open communion. That means everybody here is welcome to come and take communion. It is our Lord Jesus who, ha who is inviting you to take communion, uh, to remember and to be thankful. So as I'm consecrating the elements, I'm praying from, uh, well, the book of worship, in this case, from the hymnal. Again, the prayer of confession and pardon as part of the liturgy um, to consecrate the elements. So, let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
And God has promised us that if we confess our sins, we will be forgiven. Amen. I'm going to move here to the front. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Let us pray. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. May them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen and amen. And now with the confidence that we are the children of God, let us pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive it our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. So we open our communion sets on one side. But if Christ broken for you, for me and for everyone. The cup of salvation for the world. Let us pray. Lord, if we are here, it is because you have called us. It is because you allow us to hear and understand the message. It's because we are forgiven. You have forgiven us. Thank you. Help us to live a life of gratitude, a life according to this grace that we have received. Bless us as we are looking for a new beginning, as we are looking to find a new rhythm in our journey as Pacoima first. Guide us 
as we're looking for the ways to be the salt of the earth for this community and the light of the world in this place that we call home. All this we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. And your children say together, amen and amen. Praise be to God. At this point in service, part of our worship is through our Sunday offering. Uh, remember uh, that God loves the cheerful uh, giver. Uh, this is one of the ways we participate in mission in the church through this a community of faith, Pacoima First, as we return a portion of what God has given to us. So for you worshiping online at the beginning of worship, at the end maybe, you will see the way you can send your tithes and your contribution to the church. So as we are receiving the offering today, Let us dedicate the offering to the Lord. Let us pray. God of power and glory, as we bring our tithes and offering to be dedicated and to the building of your kingdom here on earth, we are reminded of all the blessings we have received from you. Steer us away from being content with, with the blessings that require little effort. But guide us, O oh God. Guide us to walk our own journey despite the cost. Knowing that you are always with us. Every time and everywhere. And for that we thank you, Jesus. And for that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, brother. So imagine how you would like for Pacoima first to be, let's say, in five years or in 10 years or in 50 years. By the way, I'm retiring before that, right? <laughs> but how you like to be... Uh, uh, Pacoima in 5, 10, or 50 years. Now, remember this. They devoted themselves to the Bible's teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and prayers, praising God, worship, right? And having the goodwill of all people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Wouldn't that be great? That people remember the church or talk about Pacoima first with this. Please stand as you are able to receive the benediction as we are searching to find our rhythm in the ways we do church. May the peace of God, the love of the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses be with you with your families now and forever amen and let the people of god say